Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco, and I'm here, as always, with my co-hosts, Evan Hoover and Mike Valverde. Mike, how's your day going so far? My day is going pretty good. Um, it's going to be a tough weekend now that the Colts are out, but maybe I'll spend my time watching, um, I don't know, cuss words, uh, history of cuss words. I've been watching that. Um, that that's sort of interesting. It's it's not so good, but my love, my wife loves cuss words, so she's getting a kick out of it. And so it's just fun watching her her expressions. But other than that, I don't know what yeah, I'm going with. Night Oops, sorry. Yeah, the, the, my wife likes it because they get the historians and the etymologists with the comedians. So it's a nice yeah. balance of education and fun. It is. Yeah. It's totally totally that. Um, so maybe I'll watch a night talker. I don't know, but yeah, I'll probably definitely watch something to consume my time with now that the Colts are out of the playoffs. Evan, what are you up to? You were talking about running all over town getting suet. Oh, yeah, I'm getting them. I got a meat grinder. I got cookbooks. I'm making my, all my own stuff, man. I want to, my newest thing is I want to make uh, 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 bacon cheeseburger entirely from scratch, except for the cheese. I want to bake the bread. I want to grow Raise the cow. Yeah, I want to, well, yeah, I want to, I just ordered a chainsaw, coincidentally. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, the off-season's great, because I'm like, oh, wow, I don't have to just dream of things I want to do. I can dream of things, and then, you know, do them. Yeah, I am. Uh, hockey mask with that, with that chainsaw? I, I'm <laughs> a little scared, because my boys are going to be way too into it, and they're way too young, so I gotta, I gotta get a save or something for my power tools. <laughs> There you go. And what I'm spending my time doing is I'm being a cool guy and watching uh, anime from the mid-90s. I picked up Neon Genesis Evangelion, which is only 26 episodes, but each episode is just like, it's a mind bleep. It's a, it's a crazy show. This is one thing I can never get into is anime. I don't know. No, I don't this, know is the, this is the first one I ever watched. But it's, it's... Go ahead. It's uh, What it is is... Uh, uh aliens keep attacking the future it's it's the future aliens keep attacking the only thing that can fight them are these robots named evangelion or avas and only kids can pilot them and so it's it's actually a lot of it has to do with the kids like psychological states and like second guessing themselves and um the main character is the son of the guy who runs the uh the whole project and uh has been an absentee father so he's like i'm only doing this to you know, to get your approval, it's it it's a it's more than just aliens and robots. See, the only that, anime I've ever seen was that Daft Punk movie, which is pretty good. <laughs> what were you gonna say, Mike? That that's the one thing that bothers me about anime is the fact that like a lot of these storylines are really really good, um, or interesting, and but it, it's just the it's all the it's just the it's just the, I guess animation. I I it just doesn't gravitate towards me. I've tried, I've tried like um, Howl's Moving Castle and all those kind of things. And it just, yeah, I just can't do it. Oh, well, well, you know, to each his own. So That's true. Why, don't, yeah, why don't we go ahead? Let's get down to business uh, before we start talking about uh, what we're going to talk about this week, which we're going to review last week's games in the playoffs. We're going to go ahead and look forward to this week's games. Uh, I have been derelict in my duties to thank a couple patrons. So uh, Tori E joined as a patron. Thank you so much. And Harry O was a one-time donation. He gave us a good donation. And then I was like, this can't be recurring. And I checked. It was just a one-timer. So thank you to Tori 
And thank you to Harry for your donations. That'll help us out a lot. And during the offseason, we're going to go ahead and get you folks some extra articles and stuff. First one is slated to be uh, coaching hires. So we're not going to talk about that on the podcast or on the website. Coaching hires and what it means for fantasy football is going to go through the Patreon. But we're sitting here twiddling our thumbs waiting for all the hires to get done. Uh, Robert Sala got hired yesterday, but no OC there yet. Um, Arthur Smith got hired in Atlanta. Um, about an hour before we started recording. So once those are set, then we'll be able to push our first article for you guys um, out uh, on the Patreon. Um, you will also get the episodes, every other episode during the off season. So one week it'll be in this feed, in the main feed. Next week it'll be in the Patreon feed. So um, that way you'll get the complete uh, Football Absurdity podcast experience with, uh, with the um, Patreon and the main feed. So... I'm glad I, I don't want... have to keep track of that. <laughs> I have I so this year I'm trying to be more organized and I have a um a weekly planner and I just out into like March just wrote uh, every Friday I wrote either Patreon or regular in in each one <laughs> so I could just like I know which one goes where so um so all right boys let's get down to business and talk about last week's games the wild card games or i'm sorry yeah the wild card games so before we get started i want to ask you guys was, was this was too much football right it felt like too much football i was starting to get like really checked out yeah with, with three games a day i'm like there is no downtime for me to do chores which i i, I we're we're middle-aged men chores are important and i like them because i'm old and boring chores is how you get things done yeah. So, Mike, uh, what did you feel like? Did it seem like a little bit too much football to you? Well, like, okay, to, to be fair, I spent the well, the the game the I had the Colts Colts Bills game to chart. Oh, to chart. So That's right. I I spent morning torturing myself watching the game, and then of course I have to watch it twice because I have to watch it for each side. Um, but by the end of that day, I was done and really was just scoreboard watching and actually watching the games. So Saturday was sort of out the window and Sunday I was just really busy. I was just, I would come in and out, watch the game. So to get an honest viewpoint of that, I didn't really sit and, and watch all three games, um, on Saturday and Sunday. I sort of just sporadically watched it during the week. Yeah. Did you watch the, uh, Nickelodeon game? Yes, I did. I actually watched some of that. Um, I, I had I didn't even know the game was on Nickelodeon until I looked up on Twitter, and um, it was like, oh wow, what, what's all this? What's this splash zone thing and all this other kind of stuff? So I did flip it on Nickelodeon and watch a little bit of that, and I really I enjoyed it. I, I don't want to see every week of it um, because you know that all that kind of stuff will wear thin. But oh uh, yeah for a first time view kind of thing or a special occasion kind of thing. I think, I, I think it was really enjoyable. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And I, I thought Nate Burleson was great. Um, the, the ki two kids they had there, the girl who was basically just like, she, she kept saying, you could tell she'd never watched football before. Cause she said her favorite parts were the kicks and the punts. Cause they seemed the hardest. And <laughs> it's like, those are the worst parts. Those are the worst parts of the whole game. But, um, and then, um, uh, Ian Eagles kid, um, I, whose first name escapes me, he did a good job calling the game. So he did, uh, I was yeah. really impressed with him. Yeah. And at times I thought I, he would slip into sounding just like his dad at times, um, hearing him. So it was, uh, it was, it was, it was weird at first. Cause I was like, wait, I turned in, tuned in a little, little late. I was like, wait, is that, I, that's not Ian Eagle. I was like, oh no, that's his kid. Okay. Um, but yeah, it was it, a fun one for me. 
uh, it felt like the the end of a trifecta between uh, oh god Kramer and Storm doing their uh, doing the the all women booth on Amazon Prime on on, Saturday, on Thursday Night Football and the NFL's pivot to trying to uh, uh, increase their minority viewership. So this was like the, the 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 trifecta of like now we're also appealing to kids. They're being a lot more inclusive, and and my family's uh, uh, benefiting from that. Yeah, did the boys like it? Yes, enough. Enough. They they came in and and came back for the for the good stuff, which is all all I want. I'm I'm fighting a war, trying to get them to like football. And, <laughs> you know, they they kind of like it, but also it's boring, and also they like to spite things I love. So you know, it was it was it was a valuable tool. Yeah, and and you know what? If you want kids to like football, maybe don't subject them to the Chicago Bears offense for three hours. That's <laughs> that's that's Never. you know. I ever try to explain to my wife, I'm like, so they have this whole splash zone thing that every time somebody scores and it's midway through the third quarter, seven to three. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the stuff didn't really activate because of the scoring, but oh, well, let's go ahead. Let's actually talk about the game. So, uh, Mike, we'll get this one out of the way. And so it's uh, Indianapolis and the Bills. Uh, the Bills won this one 27 to 24. A last second Philip Rivers Hail Mary came down to the last uh Last play did not cash in, and um, in this one, Mike, before we get into your question, would you would you like a, a space to vent? Would you like a safe space, or would you just like to get into it? Let's just get into it and get it over. All right, with. get it over with. All right, how yeah. did the Colts' defense uh, contain or maintain that Bills' passing attack? You know, it, they started off really good. Uh, they they picked apart, um, but you know, they it, I think. So uh, my, my thought process is all over the place with this game. Um, okay, let me just start over. The it, it was really good in the beginning of the game. They they oh. were locking down on the receivers. They weren't doing much. They're three and out. I think at least three out of the four first dri- four drives. Uh, and then the Colts are up, what was it, like 10 to 7? And then they decide that they're going to go on fourth down for a touchdown uh, inside the 30-yard line, I believe, and on fourth down, and right off of Mike Pittman's uh, fingertips, you guys knew because I said how bad of a call that was and how horrible it was, and it didn't yeah. work. Even if it did work, I didn't like it. Uh, a lot of other people afterwards said they didn't like it either. It just was a really bad decision. I mean, if you're going to go for it, Frank Wright, go back to your Philly days and, and do a Philly Philly or do an Indy Indy. You know, do something. I would love um, to see Philip Rivers run a Philly Philly. That would be. That would, <laughs> no one would see that coming. Nobody <laughs> trusts me. It's like that Peyton Philly. Philly. The, the, uh, the pass, the Philly special. Oh, the Philly special. Okay. Yeah, it's all. Yeah, it's also called the Philly Philly. But I would love to. It would be like that naked bootleg that Peyton ran years ago. It was just like, wait, no, you're not allowed to do that. Yeah, everybody went right. Peyton went left, and no one really would believe Peyton had the ball until they couldn't find the ball, and he was 20 <laughs> yards down the field. Yeah. Um. So it didn't work, and then it, everything just clicked together for Allen, and pretty much after that, he pretty much took apart um the Colts defense and just just amazing throws um hit hit Gabriel Davis a few times downfield uh one was I I swear he was throwing the ball away I it, it oh yeah and I'm like how the hell did he catch it was on the first instant replay I was just like there's no way in the world that was a cat how did how did the ball go from from way outside you know to the right to pass the out of bounds to the left where Gabriel Davis could catch it. And he did. And 
they marched down the field and scored a touchdown, and it was a completely different game after that. Uh, Allen completed 26 of his 35 attempts, 324 yards, two touchdowns, added 54 yards on the ground for 379 yards total with another touchdown. That rushing touchdown inside the five uh, read option play was beautiful. Uh, he just played great, great football. Uh, the the one thing that I have to tip my hat to the Colts was they didn't get burned uh, too badly. Only one really play at 35 yards to Stephon Diggs. Uh, but other than that, is Allen couldn't really get the deep ball going for himself. It was just just a killer, you know, just inch after inch, pound after pound. Um, and then um, it was, you know, just I, I think with the Colts shutting down the Bills running attack, this was all on Josh Allen. Josh Allen won this game for the Bills purely. And if it wasn't for his arm talent, I think the Colts would have just destroyed the Bills. But guess what? Josh Allen is top three quarterback in the league right now, if not better. Um, watch out, Patrick Mahomes, because he's on your tail. Ooh, a little uh, high praise there for Josh Allen. So, uh, all right, Mike, you're done. You don't have to talk to this talk Ooh, about this game anymore. You're done. All right, and Evan wanted to know if this was going to be the best uh, game of Wild Card Weekend, and it depends on your definition of best, but it was yeah. a, a contender. Yeah, when I sat there, I sat there when I sat there doing pre-production for the show earlier today. I sat there looking at the six games and going, "No, this wasn't the best game. What was the best game? Well, not this one. Well, not that one. 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 Yeah, I guess this was the best game of the weekend. They weren't that intense. Really, the best game of the weekend to me it was Cleveland. Oh yeah, that's why I said it depends on your um, yeah. your definition of best. The Cleveland yeah, game was no, the wildest. No, that's right. Uh, can somebody tell me why uh, Jack Doyle got targeted nine times? Mike, I didn't see that coming with Buffalo's defense. Well, I I think the the one thing that the Bills are really bad at is defending the tight end. And are they okay? Well, that's yeah that answers it right there. Okay. So Doyle was in for most of the game, um, but they also got a lot of targets to Trey Burton. Well, maybe not a lot, but they they targeted Burton and um, Mo Ali Cox caught a couple of key receptions. But most of the most of it had to do with the Bills just not being a very good defense on the tight end. Yeah, I looked it up just now. They allowed the most receptions to tight ends this year. The Bills did at 92 receptions. So well, that's uh, awesome. I can learn something that's fancy relevant even after the fancy football season's done. Wow, there you go. Look at that. All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, Bills took this one down. They are going to play the Ravens this weekend, and we'll talk about that game in a little bit. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to – oh, you know what? Uh, things that we did, did not talk about. Um, Jonathan Taylor had a somewhat pedestrian game, which is – Dropped con- three passes. Yes. And had one right in the middle, mid- midfield, all by himself. That could have gone for a first down, but no, he had to drop it. I think that Deppel got dropped three passes. They had to bring in Naheem. Oh, sorry. I wasn't going to rant. Never mind. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to let you get it out. Just get it out. Um, But no, it's a concerning game because the Bills aren't a strong rush defense. They were, um, by DVOA, they had the number 10 
I'm sorry, the number, I wrote it down, number 12 pass defense on the air. So they're not a great pass uh, run defense. And for them to shut down Jonathan Taylor is a little bit concerning for Taylor going into 2021. And now there's a report today that Marlon Mack might be headed back to the Colts. Mike, I saw you commented on that about um, Jonathan Taylor, you know, bell cow thing that people were hoping for might not come to pass, but that's just something to monitor this off season. Um, Rivers, Josh Allen both did what I would call Philip Rivers and Josh Allen things over 300 yards passing each couple passing touchdowns. Josh Allen kicked in a rushing touchdown um, and 54 yards rushing. Uh, Zach Moss was injured in this one. He's going to miss the rest of the playoffs, um, according to a report I saw today. So uh, it'll be the Devin Singletary show going forward. And my boy Dawson Knox finally scored another touchdown. I was banging that drum all year long and it finally came through, which means I was wrong a lot. That's what that means. So um, that was a great touchdown on his part i have to say josh josh allen being about three inches away from being sacked and he just sort of bloop threw the ball up oh, in the yeah. air that was his, brings it down. that was his little push pass thing where it was just like oh god oh geez and it, <laughs> yeah, and it here you go. The craziest one of those I saw was uh, Russell Wilson uh, was getting sacked. And it was one of those sacks where the guy grabs him, like slides his hands down his shin. So the quarterback kind of like timbers forward and his they had to go to replay because his knee was probably about two blades of grass. Uh, like if they had mowed the lawn on a different attachment, he would have been down and he threw he it. Down. <laughs> yeah, he would have threw it for first down. I've been living with those stupid things for over for almost a decade now. Stupid Russell Wilson. Speaking of stupid Russell Wilson. He is going to be watching these games at home because the Rams took down the Seahawks. Who saw that one coming? I'll tell you saw that one coming. <laughs> Val Verde saw that one coming. It was 30 to 20. Wasn't even really that close of a game. Um, and in this one, Evan, you wanted to know if the Rams were a trash fire. And I think the answer is pretty definitively no. If the Rams are a trash fire, then Russell Wilson is a moth who just keeps getting dragged to the light and then sacked over and over again yeah the rams put it together the question is well we'll we're gonna do the future games in the future so yeah the rams put it together jared goff managed to go out there and do a uh last season peyton manning-esque performance of i just don't want to screw this up you know <laughs> so that worked out pretty well uh i think the better i think the more exciting team went forward that that number one defense is is something against the pass so I, I was happy to be wrong about this one because they looked a lot more electric. Yeah. At least, it was, at least on defense. And then Kamakers. Kamakers look good. Kamakers. <laughs> Kakers. Kakers. Yeah. Kakers. Yeah, Kakers look good. 28 to 131 and a touchdown. Um, John Wolford was injured in this one. He had a he got a stinger. I uh, was taken to the hospital uh, for precautionary reasons. Um so, yeah, the Rams looked a lot better than I anticipated. Um, not too great on offense. Like you said, it was a lot of uh, just like, I'm going to make sure I don't screw this up from uh, from uh, Jared Goff. And, Mike, you wanted to know um, if Russell Wilson uh, was going to defeat the number one passing defense. Um, I think the number one passing defense won pretty handily. Yeah, they did. And it was just another downer game for Russell Wilson. 11 for 27, 174 yards. Two touchdowns and an interception. Uh, it, this could have been Wilson's probably worst game um, of the season. He threw a pick six to Darius Williams in the second quarter and completed just 41% of his passes. Uh, constantly under pressure. He was sacked five times. 
you know, if it wasn't for garbage time um, that bumped his 49 yards, bumped him 49 yards and a score while adding, you know, 28 yards on the ground uh, to this, uh, that was, that all that came with the second to the last drive, he he, he would have been miserable. So thankfully he had garbage time to boost um, a lot of his stats that weren't good in the first place. It's just interesting. I don't know what happened with Wilson this this uh, season. He, um, he started out as all pro. I mean, he was really on fire, really looking good, and he just fell off the cliff. Uh, but he did uh, set career highs and touchdowns with 40. Completion percentage was near 70 percent, and he had 4,200 uh, p- plus passing yards which was just eight yards short of his personal best. So there are really good things that he's that he did. It's just that second half of the season was just awful. So I, I don't know what Seattle's going to do, but they got to fix this. You, you can't you can't just take Russell Wilson and have him just you know I guess carry this offense because he sure couldn't carry it in the second half of the season. Yeah, it's um. The first half really carried him to those, you know, career or near career numbers um, in those categories, like you said, Mike. And um, I mean, if you if you want to look at like the second half of the season, like so starting in week, I'm trying to go. So his last three touchdown game, except for the one against the Jets, was week nine. So he had zero, two, one, one, four, one, two, two, two. And that includes the playoffs. And he hasn't, he didn't, the last time he threw for over 300 yards was in week nine against Buffalo. The second half of the season for Russell Wilson was just a mess. And I mentioned that, you know, going into this game being like, why, why were the 49ers able to hang with the Seahawks in week 17? Like they should not have been able to hang with the Seahawks in week 17. And it's because Russell Wilson just hasn't been right. And he hasn't been right for a while. And it's, it's, you know, it's, um, you know, now we get reports that Pete Carroll says he wanted to run the ball more. And then the Seahawks fire Brian Schottenheimer. And then Russell Wilson calls a press conference to say he wants the offense to be more explosive. And he wants to say in um, the offensive coordinator hire. Russell Wilson is the most like team player guy in the whole league. And for him to call a press conference to say that he's mad about what's going on there might, you know, and, and, and Pete Carroll rubs people the wrong way after a while, there might be a little bit of a, a breakdown of the brain trust in Seattle. Um, that's coming. I'm not saying they're going to collapse or anything like that, but it could be the beginning of, of some tumultuous times there in Seattle with Russell Wilson and, and Pete Carroll not being able to see eye to eye. Yeah. I mean, cause there's definitely a problem with this dysfunctionality of Russell Wilson. Um, and I'm not putting it all on his shoulders. I don't know what's going on, but this isn't right. And uh, whatever they need to do, they need to figure out and fix it. Because the players are there. They just need to reformulate and go in the right direction. Yeah, and it's it's Russell Wilson we're talking about here. You know, it's not you know one of these guys that loves to talk in the media all the time you know it's not steve smith we're talking about <laughs> you know it's not one of these guys that won't be quiet to save their lives it's it's a guy who toes the line ends every interview with go hawks he's a company man and for him to talk out like this i just i don't think it bodes well for the seahawks rolling forward no no not at all uh because as you mentioned russell wilson isn't going to be out front with it unless there's a, a need for him to be out front with it yeah, he's he's not the one who pops off. So, uh, Evan, you're up there in Seattle. Have you heard anything 
people get mad at Russell Wilson or mad at Pete Carroll or mad at Schottenheimer? Or... I think Evan's on mute. He is on mute. All right. Am I back? Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah, sorry. I wish the media would be on mute. I'm sitting there trying to catch. Hey, got him. Of, uh, I'm here sitting there trying to catch previews of like next games and also like, hey, I hear there was some NBA trade that might have been kind of important or something. Oh, my God. Huge about, NBA trade. They're just talking about Russell Wilson and five sacks and what happens and is, is it the end of the world? And it's like, God, dude, they're Seattle fans. They've already forgotten about you guys. All right, move on to the next sport. Wow. All right. It's a it's a normal team. Find a new slant. All right. It is time to talk about what we didn't uh, ask about. Uh, Cakers was amazing, as mentioned. 28 for 131 and touchdown. Kicked in two for 45 through the air. He's going... He moved his draft position up, I think, a lot for next season. I heard people talking like he's a borderline first rounder. I'm not going that crazy. Because Daryl Henderson still looms, I think. I think mid to second round, mid to late second round is a good spot for Akers. Uh, we'll see how that shakes out. Um, Seahawks were kind of a mess. DK Metcalf, 5 for 96 and 2, the lone bright spot. Tyler Lockett, 2 for 43. As Russell Wilson has failed to cook, he kind of took uh, Tyler Lockett down with him in the second half of the year. Whether, you know, I don't know if that's a chicken and the egg scenario. Maybe Tyler yeah, Lockett not playing well has helped bring down. Russell Wilson, but he only passed, he being Tyler Lockett, only passed um, 70 receiving yards once after the 200-yard game back in Week 7. So things are definitely uh, getting a little messy there for Tyler Lockett. So we'll see how that goes. He might be a great bounce-back candidate in 2021 fantasy. So, um, all right. The Rams are moving on to face the Packers next week um so congratulations to mike for being the only one to get this game right uh, all three of us got buffalo right forgot to mention that let's go ahead let's move on to buccaneers and washington team football and uh buccaneers won this one 31 to 23 a lot closer than i thought it would be with tyler heineke at the helm um of this one and um let's see any real injuries sustained in this game for next weekend i'm not Really seeing any Ronald Jones miss the game with a with a quad injury. Oh, um, uh, the right guard Kappa for Tampa Bay uh, was injured in this game. We'll miss next week. We'll talk about him a little bit in that game uh, going forward. But um, in this one, um, Mike, I, I realized I highlighted things in the wrong order here in the show doc. Uh, Mike, you want to know if the Washington team football run game versus the Tampa Bay top ranked run defense who would win? And this was an interesting one because, uh, uh, yeah, that Tampa Bay defense is no joke. Yeah, that, especially the rush defense is number one, if not number one, definitely top three. And the running game for the for Washington team football was basically non-existent. Uh, Tyler Haneke actually gained the most yards on the team with 46 uh, and, but the duo of Gibson and McKissick only tallied 36 yards on 16 carries. Heineke therefore actually rushed for more yards um, on 10 less carries than Gibson and McKissick. Uh, so it was just really bad for both of those guys. Looking into 2021, McKissick's role I think is going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. He was basically the third down back. Uh, he had 110 targets this year. Um, wow yeah and converted those uh, 80 
80 catches, two touchdowns. He also put up 364 five rushing yards and one touchdown on 85 carries. Uh, the interesting thing that I'm looking for is to see what role will he have with Gibson going forward. Uh, as far as Antonio Gibson, 70, 795 yards and 11 touchdowns. He caught 36 passes. He, he was slow, as we talked about in the beginning of the year, to get going. But once he did, he was definitely a weekly RB2 uh, Gibson can be the bell cow going into next year and should supplant McKissick in the receiving role. However, it'll be up to Washington um, in that direction. You know, we've, we've seen players be, you know, okay, the sky limit is yours. You know, you should be able to do this. You know, we see the talent in you. And then the team goes, no, what we want to do is bring in another running back or bring in another wide receiver. And you're just like, this guy can do it. Why aren't you? Why aren't you just letting me have my fantasy goodness? Why aren't you letting me have my fantasy <laughs> happiness here? But no, you know, so it's still up to the team to see what goes on. But Gibson is good enough to be that bell cow. If it is, if that's what direction they do go, Gibson should be definitely an RB1 um, in in pretty much all formats. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see because they I think they liked what they got out of J.D. McKissick. Um, it's interesting to see if uh antonio gibson loses snaps to jd mckissick next year or if they just keep jd mckissick in reserve going forward because yeah like you said um they gave gibson a lot of what uh, mckissick did i mean that's a slam dunk top top let me get my words right slam dunk top 12 running back um, going forward so it this is a an interesting storyline to follow for fantasy because the big question on gibson coming into the year was volume and if they un- unleash him and he you know he can handle the volume we'll see i mean the sky's the limit um but it also may be a situation where they unlock him and then he gets hurt because he can't actually handle that volume so uh let's see um how that goes in the off season and um so evan in this one you wanted to know um i forget what this one losing oh you want to see if the team with a losing record in the pro playoffs if their streak of winning could continue and it did not yes yes those sad redskins became the first team in history to the lose sad by, who the sad washington football team thank you very much i had a I streak going it. there it wasn't I, streak going. <laughs> I made it a few months there uh <laughs> uh the wtf Became the first team oh, to live in, a, in, in, in infamy. The first team to have a losing record in the playoffs, not counting the weird 1982 strike year, and not win the game. The two other teams that made it with a losing record won their first game. So, But they made it look good. Like Jeff said, they made it look a lot better. I was just happy to have a watchable game out of this. You know, I thought it was going to be Tom Brady just turns on the faucet and floods the whole basement. And No, it, it, it came down to a few a few drives. So I'll take it. Yeah, it was it was a uh, um, it was an entertaining game. You know, there was a lot of intrigue with Tyler Heineke uh, kind of dragging this team along as best as he could on on offense. Uh, Like Mike said, the running game, there was no favors done there. They became you can't if you're Washington team football, you cannot win a one dimensional game where the dimension is passing and the quarterback is Tyler Heineke. (laughs) You know, maybe if they swapped quarterbacks or Brady played all-time QB, maybe they would have had a shot 
at um at uh winning this one but if you're if your run game gets shut down in your washington team football and you got to turn to tyler heineke uh to lead you to victory uh things aren't going to go well for you and that tyler heineke touchdown run very cool um you know to see a guy we won't get into tyler heineke the person because apparently he sucks but uh to see this the story itself um is uh is a good one to see um you oh know, i didn't in, know about about him personal not that it, you know I should look into that. Yes, that's uh, I will leave that to everybody to uh, look up on their own. But uh, he's a he's got some bad social media takes. Mm. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, All right. Uh, Other things in this game. It was the Cam Sim show for Washington. So um, good for him, I guess. Uh, Logan Thomas, five for 74. Uh, Terry McLaurin, little depleted game here. Six for 75. Um, nothing else much going on the Washington side, on the Tampa Bay side. I mean, this is why you have all these guys. Mike Evans, 6 for 119. Uh, Chris Godwin, 5 for 79. Antonio Brown, 2 for 49. It lets you do things like have Rob Gronkowski get blanked. It lets you do things like actually have to be play Keyshawn Vaughn because of injury to Rojo. But Leonard Fournette, 19 for 93 and 1. I mean, Tampa Bay is freaking stacked on offense. So, um, you know, it's one of those things that now we don't have to pull our hair out to figure out who it's going to be on a week-to-week basis for fantasy. You can just kind of sit back and um, enjoy the show, unless you're Evan, who has a blood feud against Tom Brady. And Mike, who has a blood feud against Tom Brady. <laughs> I can't stand that guy. Uh, oh, boy. All right, so, um, yeah, Tampa Bay wins this one, and they are headed to the game that I'm most excited about for this weekend, which is the last game we'll talk about, which is Tampa Bay and New Orleans. I think that that's going to be a fun and interesting game. So let's go ahead and close up shop on Saturday, and let's talk about Sunday. So Baltimore and Tennessee, the 10 a.m. game. This was another game that Mike got it right, the Ravens. Evan and I both picked the Titans um, this was a uh, victory for the Ravens. It was um, 20 to 13. Um, it was kind of, it felt like the Titans were about ready to run away with it. And then Lamar Jackson had his big run and then things kind of evened out and uh, Baltimore ends up winning it. So Evan, you wanted to know if the game plan was the same as always. Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry. <laughs> Over and yeah, over. and won't you know, Derrick Henry had a whopping 40 rushing yards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it felt like Tennessee was setting it up for just run the ball a whole bunch, and then in the fourth quarter, uh, when the defense is tired, just smash Derrick Henry through him like a wrecking ball. But then instead, in the fourth quarter, they decided to just curl into a ball and keep punting it, and it was weird. I was like, you didn't, you didn't, you didn't, set this up the first three quarters also you're making stupid decisions like that one punt that's been making it around social media where you're like Ooh, it's yeah. like fourth and two and you're on the 40 and what you're you're down by a score why aren't you what yeah the the punt there's a um a a twitter account that that takes into into account like um the uh expected points added from like going for it there versus the expected points lost for like uh, um, punting it and then like taking into account like field position, time left in the game and all this stuff. It was like a 99.92 percentile uh, cowardly punt is what they call it. Um, it's one of the most cowardly punts that, um, you know, we've seen in a long time. It's an ill-advised punt is basically what it comes down to. Here it is. Surrender index with a surrender index of 
138.87. This punt ranks at the 100th percentile of cowardly punts in the 2020 season and the 99.92 percentile, 92.92nd percentile of all punts since 2009. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's insane how badly they uh, they botched that one. And uh, yeah, that's uh, from Surrender underscore IDX90 on Twitter. Um and that's that's only surrender the that's only super cowardly punts is what they do on that Twitter account. So um so yeah, incredibly incredibly dumb idea to punt there and um cost them. So Mike, you wanted to know how Tennessee will defend against the Baltimore run game in this one. Yeah, and this was another game where the quarterback outrushed his teammates uh and Lamar rushed for 136 yards on 16 carries and a touchdown. That touchdown was a majestic run through the Tennessee defense for 48 yards. It was quintessential Lamar Jackson on that touchdown. As far as the other Ravens running backs, and yes, I call Lamar Jackson a running back because that's what he is. Um, Dobbins rushed nine times for 43 yards and a touchdown. You know, he was efficient on the ground despite not racking a lot of yards overall. His four-yard touchdown to start the third quarter gave the Ravens the first lead of the game. And he has now scored at least once in each of his last seven games. So we'll see if that continues next week. Edwards rushed eight times for 38 yards. Mark Ingram did not play. Uh, I think he was... I don't, I don't know if he was a healthy scratch or if they just left him off, but he was not um, involved in the offense. And then overall, Baltimore racked up 236 yards on the ground. And just that power option continues to dominate opponents. Again, we'll see how, how that stacks up next week. But it's a tough, tough uh, offense to, to stop with, the, with their balls in the hand. Their balls in the hand. <laughs> going to go Amazing. For raising, wowza, wowza, wowza. So yeah, the uh, the Ravens and the Bills this weekend. That'll be an interesting matchup because they're both sort of like dangerous. Both both their quarterbacks aren't necessarily gonna throw the ball so much or that efficiently. Um, Josh Allen's kind of changed that this this year, but running the ball, they're such a, a threat running the football, and that's what makes them so dangerous and so good. I mean, Lamar Jackson, 16 for 136 compared to 17 for 179 through the air. It's like, this is just, you know, you call him, you know, you call him a running back, and, you know, if he ran one more time, he would have had as many carries as completions. So, wow. You know, um, Hollywood Brown had a huge game, seven for 109 on nine targets. He's he started to roll in the second half of the year. Um, he's quickly making making his way up draft boards um, for 2021 fantasy football because he's just been on fire in the second half of the year. So that's something to monitor. Um, AJ Brown, six for 83 and a touchdown. And um, I mean, that was it for the uh, Titans passing game. There's not a lot to go around when two guys get 109 and 83 yards out of 179 and 165 there's just not going to be much there not much to talk about so like i said the ravens win 2013 they will play the buffalo bills this weekend and mike got this one right so mike was five and one last week so you're gonna hear a lot of mike got this one right (laughs) um evan and i got this one wrong we were coin flips we got three and three so fun time. Um, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the Nickelodeon game. And this one was Chicago nine saints 21. And somehow 
the game felt closer than that it was just bad football all around it was just a lot of you know sometimes people are like oh you just don't like low scoring games because you don't like defense it's like well no if you have stuff like uh javon wims dropping a a touchdown pass that's not good defense that's bad offense you know there is a difference (laughs) you know and it's in this game was just a lot of bad offense is what it came down to it was not fun to watch it was you know the defense kind of sitting around waiting for you know the offenses to shoot themselves in the foot step on their you know what that sort of thing and um mike you want to know if the leading into that question uh can the bears defense stop the saints passing attack well, it, it depends um, because Drew Brees, he completed 28 of 39 passes for two, 265 and two touchdowns. But a lot of that was just the typical Saints, you know, dink and dunk and move down the yard field and those kind of things. So, yeah, he completed a lot of his passes, but 265 yards on 39 attempts. Two touchdowns is a good thing. Uh, but it's like, well, no team really can stop, you know, two-yard passes. But, you know, so as long as you're win, that that's a good thing. But uh, overall, I think the defense is just did what it what could do against, you know, something a team that doesn't throw the ball down the field. Uh, Breeze's touchdowns went for 11 yards to Michael Thomas and then a six-yarder to Latavius Murray. Uh, interesting enough is that uh, it took eight games for Michael Thomas to finally find the end zone. But if you're going to find the end zone for your first time in a season, it's, you know, the playoffs and, you know, a very good time to do so. Yeah. I would say it's probably the best time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was, um, it was, yeah. Um, I think you, you put it together well, Mike. So why don't we go ahead? Let's talk about, uh, who choked the most in this one, Evan. Yeah, uh, that at least halfway through the quarter, third quarter, it really felt like the coaches of both teams got together and just went. So, are you gonna? Do you want to win this one? No, are you are you gonna win it? I mean, I guess I guess I guess we could win it if if you don't mind. Okay, fine. And then New Orleans, New Orleans finally started scoring. So, yeah, second half was a lot better than the first half. That was a that, that was a rough first half. Oh, that it was, was it was a nightmare. That was a nightmare for the people who, for Nickelodeon, I'm sure, who were like, now millions of kids think this is football. Did you know that that was the highest rated show on Nickelodeon in two years? I believe it. I mean, Nickelodeon's mostly, uh, you know, just uh, uh, these days, I think it's based on the commercials. It's SpongeBob and then a bunch of weird uh, live action shows. What do my kids say? They're like, it's SpongeBob and it's some garbage. (laughs) Your kids have discerning tastes. You need to introduce your kids anymore. Yeah, you need to introduce your kids to like, uh, uh, you know, '90s, you know, stuff like uh, all that or Hey Dude, um, salute your shorts. Really make them watch those those shows and be like, see, this is what it was like before everybody had a phone in their pocket. No, Evan's not interested in in playing. (laughs) I've never seen an episode. I've never seen an episode of any of those shows. What? Oh well, you're old. Yeah, man, yeah. So I can name I can name five equivalents from the '80s. You can't do that on television. Blah blah. I've blah, seen that. Blah. I wasn't allowed to watch. You can't do that on television. Nice. <laughs> yeah, my, my I, 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 it was banned in my house for some reason because uh, I guess we were too young for that. Um, what do you know? Let's see. I'm trying to think of way back to my youth. Uh, Eureka's Castle. Yeah, that was a good one. That was right at the end of like my childhood, where I was watching child's programming. So yeah, I remember that one. That was good. 
Yeah, see, there you go. We have some overlap there. Mike, do you have any overlap to that? Uh, I, you know, it, I think it caught me. Nickelodeon probably caught me just out of that area, that stage in my life. The only thing I remembered was slime. Um, and so it was good to see again. But yeah, really, other than that, um, no, I don't, I don't really, I don't think I've watched Nickelodeon. Yeah, this this tells you a lot about this game. There is was is not a lot to talk about in this one. It's not a it wasn't a fun game to watch. Uh, Mike Evan covered most of it. Um, David Montgomery, 12 for 31, kind of what you expected against the Saints run defense for him to not have a good game. They do have one of the best run defenses in the league. So that shut him down. Deontay Harris, who's a little jitterbug of a guy, 7 for 83, led the way for the Saints. Um, and, uh, you know, he's uh, I think he might give some fits to uh, Tampa Bay this weekend. Um, A-Rob, 6 for 55, just not, not a lot going for Chicago. So there's not a lot on that side of the ball. And then the Saints, you know, the usual suspects did usual suspect things. Jared Cook got the platonic ideal of tight, tight end 12 on the week. Four, four, 40. So, all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on to the next one. Like the Saints moved on to the second round, and they will be t- taking on the Buccaneers. Last game of the week for the review, Cleveland and Pittsburgh. And this one was a wild one. Browns 48, Cle- or Steelers 37. I missed the first 15 minutes of this game and I turned it on and it was 21 to nothing. I was like, what happened here? Um, Things did not go as uh, the Browns thought or the Steelers thought they might. And um, Evan wanted to know if Pittsburgh will accept the Browns doctor's note that they're too sick to play football. But I have an alternative question. Were the Steelers afraid of catching COVID so that they wouldn't, they wouldn't tackle, um, you know, Nick Chubb and uh, you know, maybe, uh, uh, on the, the snap on the first play of the game, you know, Miles Garrett leaned over and said, I sneezed on that football. And Pouncey was like, ah, and threw <laughs> the ball away. that's 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 my best guess. So, Evan, uh, you want to know, um, I don't even know how to review this question. This is the greatest collapse by a football team I have ever seen. Pittsburgh started 11 and 0. Pittsburgh finished one and five, <laughs> including giving up 48 points to Cleveland in Pittsburgh, where Pittsburgh had not lost to Cleveland since 2003. Jeez. Yeah. We won't. We won't say who that who that victory was against. Oh no. <laughs> but it was the same team that the Jacksonville Jaguars only victory was against. Oh no. Oh wow. So this is what I want to know: Would the Steelers collapsing over the second half of the year if they had beat the browns would the steelers slow motion collapse or the browns quick motion collapse after being up 28 to nothing be the more spectacular collapse yeah i was i was thinking like i actually tweeted that this could be uh houston versus buffalo part two because it started to look like Pittsburgh was going to overtake them mm-hmm but in the end we got what we wanted ben roethlisberger sitting on the sideline all by himself Holding back tears, crying, um, you know, playing, you know, whatever song you want to play there. Uh, Sounds of silence in the arms of of an angel, you know, whatever sad song you want to play there. But in homage to the Bills video from earlier in the week, I put uh, you can't touch this over the uh, the video of uh, Ben Roethlisberger crying on the sideline, because that is a mantra that Ben Roethlisberger does not follow. No, 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 no. He's a he's a bad person. So I like to share. I revel in his misery. Yeah. All right. When you, when you asked what song he was listening to, I had to, I had to ask five candidates that I said because I'm like, no, that's not good for radio. No, that one doesn't work. No, Jeff's gonna stop the podcast. 
right. All right. So what song was he listening to? Give me one of those. Give me one of the ones you knocked off. Come on. No, no, no. It's not good for radio. <laughs> right, <laughs> I, I mean, you'll stop and be like, Evan, you're right about Ben Roethlisberger. We can't say that song. All right, fine. Evan, I, remember, I remember Nirvana. Nirvana had a song from back in the day that had a very bad title. That was one of the ones that went through. But yeah, we should probably just leave it before I get us in trouble. Evan, you can't say that on the podcast. <laughs> I can't do that on television. There, I edited. Uh, now I'm going to edit in like you actually said one of them. Perfect. <laughs> oh, all right. So, um, uh, Mike, you wanted to know if the Browns can keep the Steelers from destroying Baker Mayfield. And um, did I? I didn't look into any of the stats, but I heard something that uh, Baker Mayfield stayed pretty clean. He did stay pretty clean. Uh, you know, he his attempts um, per completions wasn't all that great. Twenty-one of thirty-four. He uh, gained 236 passing yards, three touchdowns, good for him, and zero interceptions. It's been really difficult to pick off Baker Mayfield as he only has one, just one interception in his last 10 games. He's gone 10 games now without throwing an interception. Uh, Also, Cleveland set an NFL playoff record for the most first-half points by a road team with 35 and as talked about, as for that Pittsburgh Blitzburg defense attack and sacking the quarterback, uh, 73 straight games, it all ended. Uh, it's over. Goodbye. That streak is now done as they couldn't bring down Baker Mayfield. Yeah. And yeah, the uh, the thing that I heard was that they didn't even touch him, that they got oh, a they put him on it. Oh, they didn't even get a touch on him. No, that there was no QB hits, no sacks. Yeah, just. Golston, and I mean that speaks a lot to their coaching staff there because Baker after the game was like yeah you know um I think it was Conklin got hurt and then some guy named oh no it was Dunn Michael Dunn got hurt and he's like some guy named Blake who I introduced myself to this morning uh you know is protecting me and doing a great job so it's like the the, the coaching staff has really turned around in a hurry they've kind of come a long way for since Freddie Kitchens you know with uh Kevin Stefanski there he's uh he's doing great yeah, I mean, he's really turned out, turned around this offense. He's, I mean, Mayfield is an average quarterback. He'll never be great, but he's doing winning, winning things for the Browns, and that's all you really want from a team is to win football game. Yeah, I mean that's what it comes down to. And um, yeah, this is an interesting thing because you said you know Baker Mayfield's been on fire, um, you know recently since the monsoon games, and it's also without Odell Beckham because I think I. You know, it'd be silly to say, you know, Odell Beckham makes a team worse, you know, than like a, a Kaderil Hodge, you know, getting those snaps. But it, it could be said that um, if the focus was on getting Odell Beckham the football and eschewing other things, then that's that's where the problem lied uh, or laid, you know. Well, and I think a lot of that, too, is is Odell Beckham is a is a great wide receiver, a good to great wide receiver, depending on the on the week. But when. Your your job is to run downfield and catch long passes, and you're saying, throw me the ball, throw me the ball, throw me the ball, and being a prima donna, uh, it, you're putting a lot of pressure on a team because you have to go deep to get him the ball. Um, if Jarvis Landry is you know, running slats to intermediate passes and we're saying, okay, throw me the ball, then that fits better because you're going to target, you know, short to intermediate. You're not going to always throw long, and especially in today's game. So 
it takes away a lot of the momentum. It takes away a lot of the field when you have someone that that you need to get the ball because he is a good receiver, but he's also forcing you to to get him the ball, and that changes that the dynamic of the offense. I also think yeah. the matter of Roman uh, Stefanski seems really good at playing the hand he's dealt, playing the pieces that are on the field. You know, did you call um, him Roman Stefanski? What did I call him? I, I just didn't call him Roman, Roman Polanski. <laughs> yeah, you called him Roman Stefanski. So, <laughs> what? That's what? some. There's a lot of psychology going on there. That's some oh Freud my stuff. God. What's their coach's name? Kevin Stefanski. Okay. Good lord. Can't walk that one back. So let's keep going. Uh, Kevin Stefanski plays really well with the pieces that he has. Uh, I more than we watched a lot of tape, and I think he said it last week. Uh, for fantasy analysts, it's saying, hey. Based on the pattern of what they've done before, they'll do this. And they don't do it, and everyone yells at us, but not them, because they're the ones who chose to buck the trends. And yeah. I think that happened more with Cleveland than any other team uh, for all the tape. I watched where I'm like, huh, I really thought you were going to do this and this, and you didn't. You did that and that. I think he's very flexible. So I think it's less uh, Od- Odell Beckham Jr.'s uh, 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 drawing attention on the field in bad and good ways, and more uh, uh, Stefanski just knows how to work whatever you're giving him. Yeah. And uh, uh, Roman Stefanski is an actor. He's in Muppets Most Wanted as Vintage Robot Puppet and in Leap Year as Husband. So wow. maybe you were, you were just in the zeitgeist of this very famous actor. Let's having. go with that. <laughs> I wonder if Roman Stefanski has any relations to Roman Polanski and being in childhood films. Well, you guys can. Take oh, no. Oh, no. All right, well, we'll put another edit point in right there. <laughs> cut that cut that out, and uh, we'll go from there. Um, so I'm, I'm actually putting two edit points in to make it sound like we edited stuff out, but I'm not actually editing anything out for you folks at home. <laughs> All right, let's get into um, the next game. And the next game is a divisional round game. So um, this is going to be the start of our previews. Which, if you were listening to this podcast, it's like, wow, they're really answering questions that I didn't know that I had or or what's going on there. What we do is we ask questions as the preview, and then we answer them as the review. So that's kind of how we do it here. So now we're going to roll forward to the divisional round. Uh, We got four games this weekend, um, and we'll just go in chronological order, um, if it sounds good to you guys. And this is where I have some notes now. I let you guys take care of the first half. So first game up on the docket is uh rams and packers this is 135 on saturday as the start it is on fox this is a 46 and a half point over under with green bay as seven point favorites injuries in this one uh the packers signed jared valdir off the colts practice squad who he actually played in the colts game but then jared valdir is now on COVID ir so he's not gonna be able to play um uh john wolford for the rams uh quarterback who started the game last week with this he's out with his stinger um bryce perkins is um elevated off the practice squad but jared goff is off of the entry report from his thumb injury and his throwing hand um aaron donald with his ribs injury that caused him to leave the game early last week he's off the injury report um so he should play this weekend cooper cup uh did not practice on tuesday and wednesday he's questionable with a knee issue he's expected to play this weekend uh sean mcveigh said he believes it might be bursitis uh, which is just an inflammation of the bursa sac on the knee um, it's just the, you know, one of the little like jelly things that, uh, keep your knee from grinding together. So if it's inflamed, it's going to hurt. Uh, so he thinks it might just be that it might just be a pain management thing. So, um, 
in this one. Uh, Mike, you wanted to know, you want to know, how will Aaron Rodgers perform against the number one passing defense? And that got me thinking. The Rams, by DVOA, I looked it up, the Rams pass defense versus the Packers pass offense is not the top strength on strength matchup for this week. We'll get to oh. that in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested in hearing that because that sort of drives my point. Um, so I'm definitely interested in hearing some con- contradictory there. Yeah. Uh, the, the Packers, they're definitely going to be contending um, with a defense that allows the fewest points per possession in the NFL. Uh, they can really upset the timing of Aaron Rodgers. And uh, if anyone can keep Devontae Adams in check, it's going to be Jalen Ramsey. Overall, the defense unit is built around limiting explosive plays through the air. According to PFF, L.A. allows a league low 10% of pass plays to go for 15 or more yards. Mm. Uh, On the flip side, no quarterback threw for more yards on passes 20 or more yards down the field than Rodgers. So you have the Rams who limit big plays, and then you have the uh, Aaron Rodgers and the Packers who get big plays. I think to win this game, the Rams will need to keep the score low. And interestingly, and interesting, two of the three games that the Packers have lost this season were their two of their lowest scoring games. Oh, so they they you stop the offense. You don't try to out out shoot them. Exactly. So when when they're not scoring points, they obviously they lose. But it's the fact that, you know, um, those are their lowest scoring games instead of getting, you know, a, a big blowouts like 35 to 31. They haven't lost like those kind of games. Mm-hmm. They've all won big scoring games. It's just when they're not putting up the points, that's when they falter. Yeah, that's very interesting. I like the stat about the downfield uh, um, being a strength on strength thing. So that'll be a fun thing. I just looked up DVOA, man. You did, you did, you got a lot more numbers, but the Rams actually have the number four pass defense by DVOA on the air, which makes me question DVOA a little bit. So one of those things where you see that and you're like, that might be a problem with the stat, not with the team itself. But um, Green Bay does have the number one passing offense, but like I said, not the biggest strength on strength matchup of this weekend. And that I will continue to tease that because there is a number one versus number one this weekend. That's so. That's that's what I'm excited for. So, um, uh, Evan, in this one, you wanted to know um, how will the Rams offense play around Jared Goff's thumb? Because like you mentioned, he was just like trying to not blow it last weekend. Yeah, you know, I'm reminded my in-laws, they like to go to like the mega concerts, uh, the, the U2s and the, and the Rolling Stones and, 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 and bands that were great a long time ago, but now just cost a lot of money. And are also still great, Arena Rock. But uh, they always afterwards tell me who opened. And it's like, I do not care who opened. This is not going to be some niche up-and-comer. This is not <laughs> the Beastie Boys opening for Madonna in the 80s, man. This is just some band that was yacht rock enough to make it. And that's how I feel uh, being asked to come up with a question after Mike lays off with, how is the number one offense, in ter- number one defense in terms of holding opponents going to go against the most likely candidate for MVP? Nobody cares about anything but that. I mean, I guess uh, Jared Goff has a boo-boo, if that floats your boat. <laughs> really, we just, we just want to know Aaron Rodgers uh, against the number one passing defense. So that's what I'm going to give the, the listeners. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has faced the number one passing defense, according to the original metric, not DBOA, uh, twice in the playoffs before. Uh, Seattle and Chicago were the last two, and he lost both playoff games. 
but also Jared Goff might have a boo boo. Hey, Jared Goff might have an owie. I mean, yeah. that's that's a, that's a big deal. So, um, so yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, Evan. You kind of nailed it for this one. You know, um, the Green Bay offense versus the Rams defense uh, is the second and third like strength on strength matchup this week um, with the Green Bay passing offense, number one, Rams passing defense, number four, Green Bay run offense, number five, Rams run defense, number three. So that's going to be real strength on strength. It's a, it's um, it's going to be an interesting thing to, to watch. And I think it'll be fun. I think this is going to be a good game. I think we're going to have some good games this weekend. I don't see a lot of blowouts happening. Um, and that, um, that we'll talk a little bit about that when we get to Cleveland and KC um, after uh, the next game. But first, we have to make our choices. Is it Green Bay across the board? Anybody taking the Rams? No. In no. our article about this, which is up on footballobservatory.com, and I definitely have it right in front of me. I'm not trying to stall while I pull it up. Uh, I took the Rams. You took the Rams. Look I at took Evan. The Rams. Uh, that, the number one, that defense. Man, and Aaron Rodgers seems to come. Uh, three of our dozen riders took the Rams, including one of the riders who went five and one last week. Not Mike. Uh oh. Someone else went five and one. Dang it! Yeah, Gosh, yeah. Our way fair on the Discord. Uh, I, I'm not sure he's okay with me giving his full name, although it's in the article. So I'll just say Nick C. <laughs> there you go. No, um, that's too. That's too. That's too specific. How about N. Carter? There you go. Thanks. Was that uh, Principal Skinner who said that, yep, or was, that was it? That was a, that was a Simpsons rip. Yeah, I couldn't remember if it was Principal Skinner or uh, Mrs. Krabappel who said Seymour that. Butts. Seymour Butts. Um, all right, um, let's go. Ahead. Let's move on to Baltimore and Buffalo. This is a, a number five versus number two seed. This is the night game on Saturday, five fifteen game. Uh, started as a 50 point over under it has moved to 49 and a half so not a lot you know on that one and it is a two and a half um point buffalo favorite in this one and um for the injury report uh marcus peters for baltimore um has a back injury injury he's questionable he didn't practice on tuesday and wednesday my take on it is that that's just, you know, he's he's banged up a little bit. He's Marcus Peters. He doesn't need to practice all week. So, you know, let him rest for the playoff game. For Buffalo, Cole Beasley with a knee, Stefan Diggs with an oblique are both off of the injury reports. I mentioned Zach Moss is out for the playoffs. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Who did Buffalo add to their practice squad? And it is a guy that we talked about this year, but it was a guy we talked about to go, why are we talking about this guy? He sucks. Oh, Kalen um, Balazs. No. <laughs> um, okay, I can do this. Mike Thomas. Mike Thomas, no. <laughs> uh, Devonta Freeman. Oh, I knew what? that. Duh. Yeah. Where another in my brain? All right. What were you saying, Mike? I, I'm, I'm shocked. Uh, all right. Yeah, the, yeah the Giants must have... Um, done an injury settlement with him or something or he was stashed on the practice squad jared valdir style where he had to um where he could just get poached and start in the game but yeah he's uh he got signed on to the practice squad because of the zach moss injury so fun times that fun times for the buffalo running game i guess and I guess the um, bills were like shucks we don't have a guy to put his head down and run two yards into an, the, the offensive lineman Gosh, just, should we get for that yeah, well, I mean, that's that's the uh, the Zach Moss specialty. So, um, ooh boy. Uh, Evan, you want to know if Buffalo can force uh, Lamar Jackson to rely on his, sh- his, sh- his shoulder 
and his arm instead of his legs in this one. Boy, I want Buffalo to win. I picked them in the preseason when they weren't so hot to win it all. Uh, uh, Buffalo, you know, they they haven't won a Super Bowl. Baltimore has it. But, man, this is the closest they come. Buffalo's negative 2.5, which if you know things about opening lines, the home team is given about three points. So it's as close as they come. And I could see Buffalo stopping the run, but then Jackson will just throw it to Mark Andrews, who we pointed out uh, Buffalo's defense made Jack Doyle look like Mark Andrews last week. So it's not really going to – I can't really see them winning the game in the ball. It's going to have to be Josh Allen when Jackson tears it up, you know, if everything goes to plan. This this could be a high-scoring one, and, and, and Buffalo, if they want to win, are going to have to pull it away. So I, I'd love to be proven wrong. I'm not Buffalo's defensive coaching squad. I'm not nearly as good at that. Um, I'm also not a defensive-minded person being a fantasy football player. So that's what I'm watching. See if I can learn some things about strategy from how Buffalo's defense approaches this, this very unique team. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it, it's going to be the same question on both sides. Can they limit the the quarterback to his um his secondary strength um between buffalo and the uh and the ravens but it'll be it's interesting because josh allen's secondary strength is running is is his passing is the better strength so be interesting to see how this one works out with these two dual threat quarterbacks and uh on that point mike you have the opposite question can the ravens stop josh allen yeah i get i guess i'm involved with josh allen the last two weeks uh yeah you like like him I, I, I like like him. You know, I hope I hope that he like likes me. Um, <laughs> he's going to have to check a box that says yes or no, but we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I, the Bills are, are definitely more capable of matching um, the Ravens high scoring offense. You got really two high scoring teams here. The Bills have scored at least 30 points in seven of their last nine games, averaging almost 37 points per game. And, of course, as I was saying earlier, that all rests on the shoulder of Josh Allen. Um, he, he, he's done so much, especially out of the pocket. I think he's definitely one of the NFL's best passers out of the pocket. Uh, a few times against the Colts, as we were talking about, he, he hit Gabriel Davis. Um, the Ravens, the Ravens defense is going to be a pretty stiff test. Uh, according to ESPN, the Ravens limit opponents to just – 4.7 yard, 4.79 yards per attempt on passes outside the pocket. So you got strength on strength there with Allen being one of the best out, uh, pa- pocket passers against one of the best teams that prevent that. Um, that's the third lowest in the NFL. Baltimore also blitzes. Get this, they blitz uh, more than any other team, and that includes the Steelers. 30% of their plays, they're, they're blitzing. Wow. And to no surprise, Allen leads the NFL in touchdown passes versus the Blitz, uh, 18. He also rushed for three touchdowns against Blitzes. So he has 21 total touchdowns against the Blitz, and that's what the Ravens do the best, so or most of. So that's going to be an interesting situation to see how the Ravens use their Blitz against a, a quarterback that is so good uh, against it. 
yeah, it's a, he's a blitz breaker, you know, uh, you know, you, you can try it, but he's going to make you pay. So I wonder if the, the Ravens switch up their game plan instead of blitzing, they do, you know, just trying to think, you know, the chess, some, some, uh, you know, uh, f- dummy blitzes that they just drop back into coverage instead. Cause Josh Allen does tend to, he is, um, prone to throwing, um, interceptions he's prone to turnovers so you know a couple dummy blitzes might get josh allen you know a little off kilter and and, uh, could lead to some turnovers um because uh in this game this is interesting um the this is they are both tied with a plus four turnover differential so that's 10th in the league both of these teams are tied but check this out it's because the ravens don't give the ball away and the Bills take the ball away a lot. Hmm. So they're both point four, but it's because the Ravens take care of the football and the Bills are ball hogs. So um, it'll be an interesting it'll be an interesting way to see how these both these uh, teams with you know positive turnover differentials, how they how they work out. Um, so, yeah, in this one, uh, Mike, who, who you got? I got the Ravens in this one. Ravens. Evan, who you got? I'm not gonna stop now, Bills. I'm I'm with you, Evan. I I I like I put in my predictions article. I'm I'm riding this. You know, if they had never released the video of them dancing, just can't touch this. I could have gotten off of the Bills, but I am sticking with Buffalo in this one. So I don't feel particularly strong about it, but I just got to keep riding that train. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to the Sunday games, Cleveland and kc so in this one um injuries uh clyde edwards alaire it feels like so long ago uh injured his hip he is questionable for this game he is a true game time decision uh linebacker anthony hitchens is off of COVID ir stop me if you heard this one before sammy watkins is out for this game with a calf injury so it's no. yeah i know sammy watkins and lower body injuries who to thunk it huh that's shocking i'm shocked yeah, so thank you, Mike, for playing along. Uh, for Cleveland, Joel Batonio, Kaderil Hodge, Kevin Stefanski, Denzel Ward are all back from COVID. Unfortunately, Michael Dunn, I mentioned him earlier, went on uh, he IR. Can. He's done. <laughs> uh, so is Robert Jackson. Uh, he's got a hammy injury. He also went on IR. Um, but uh, Jack Conklin is also still sidelined, the right tackle. So that's a big, uh, big question mark for the Browns with their strength being there offensive line so this is um a that i i don't think i said 12 5 sunday game 55 over under was the open casey nine and a half point favorites to start that line has moved though uh ever so slightly it is now a 57 over under with casey as 10 point favorites so people were uh you know it, it seems like uh, people were hammering the the chiefs to blow out the browns in a big game and I might take the under and the Browns with the points in this one. Just not, not, not the Browns to win, but them to cover. Oh, just to cover. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. I misspoke. Not Browns with the points just to cover. Sorry. I, I, I misspoke there. I think the Browns will cover. And I think that this is, I would take the under in this game. So this is on CBS 12 of five start on Sunday. Like I said, and Mike, you want to know if the Browns run game, uh, run game pace. Well, God, I can't read the sentence. <laughs> My brain broke for a second. Can the Browns run game pace them to a victory or an exciting game? Yeah, uh, I, this is where it's going to be key for the Browns. Uh, as we know, that offense revolves around Nick Chubb and Cream Hunt, which should keep the Chiefs defensive coordinators up at night. 
the Browns rushing attack averages around 148 yards per game, which is third most in the NFL. But on the flip side, the Chiefs defense ranked 21 against the run. So they, they are 21st worst against the run, which is why they're going to be up at night, allowing approximately 122 yards per game. Uh, we know that everything starts up front, and Browns have a chance to control the line of scrimmage against the Chiefs defense. Kansas City allows runners to go for three-point yards per carry before first contact. So that means that before they even touch a runner, they're already three yards um, into the line of scrimmage or past the line of scrimmage, I should say. So they got three yards, you know, already before they even tackling the guy. And that that's just, you, you know, in a, in a playoff bad? game. That seems yeah, bad. That, that's, that's bad. That's bad. That, that's bad. Um, so in a playoff game when running is so important, this is the key for the Browns right here. They're going to have to maintain the clock, keep Mahomes off the field, and do that by attacking that rushing defense that is pretty much non-existent for the Chiefs. And if they can do that, they could go on to victory and upset their second team in two weeks, the Kansas City Chiefs. But, you know, that's not going to happen because I got the Chiefs. Yeah, <laughs> it's going to be the Chiefs. Uh, that's who I have as well. Evan, um, in this one, you said the Browns' chances are a joke, right? So I think I know who you're picking. Yeah, I just wanted my, someone to talk me into something to root for the Browns. So I, uh, I, uh, I'm I, there now. Uh, actually, two of our dozen riders picked the Browns to win. So that's uh, all right. Um, do they live in Cleveland? Oh, they do live. Hold on, let's check this out. <laughs> we got a couple. One of them is... don't don't dox them because they got their names on it. But are, are they are they in the Cleveland area? No. Oh, there you go. Are they Browns yeah. fans? No. Oh, okay. Well, they okay. were the two, drunk. The two well, Browns fans. The two Browns fans in the uh, in the dozen picked Kansas City, and I'll pick Kansas City. But I figured it out. I also picked Kansas City in our never-ending survival pool. So if I lose on that, it means great things are happening for the Browns. I, uh, I too, chose Kansas City in our never-ending survival pool. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But I, 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 I'm, I, I'm running into a problem. I think that the Chiefs and Packers are going to be in the Super Bowl. Like, that's what I think. So it's like I'm going to get backed into picking – one of them next week, and then I won't be able to pick a Super Bowl victor. Um, unless the Bills make it, in which case I'm going all the yeah, way. Unless there's an upset, and then you're fine. Yeah, Are you guys going to do something for the Super Bowl? Like, do a pick a number thing or something? Uh, we'll figure some. We could. We, we'll figure something out. Uh, we, we got some time, but probably. You know what's uh, really cool is to see this thing grow, because I think last year we had, like, five people pick teams. Now we have, like, 15. We ended up uh, yeah, with a ton of yeah, a, a ton more people this year. So it's it's pretty nice to get some diverse views. Like I think last year everybody would pick the Chiefs. So it's nice to get some people on this year who pick uh, who pick the Browns. You know, um, you know. Yeah, it's we nice. had uh, we had a universe a unanimous pick for the Saints to sweep the uh, Vikings in the, the first round. Oops. Yep. <laughs> that happens. Yeah. So I think I think this one, uh, the reason I think this one is going to be a squeaker is because um, I kept talking, you know, I kept talking about strength on strength. This game has the two biggest strength on weakness matchups of the weekend. The Chiefs cannot stop the run. They are number 31 in run DVOA. Yeah. So, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> then that's the Brown strength. 
Uh, they're number seven in run offense DVOA. The KC the passing offense, number two in uh, passing DVOA behind the Packers. And the Cleveland pass defense is 25. So it's really going to be a question of which which one breaks. I think it's going to be the run offense versus run defense versus and the pass offense versus the pass defense. Whichever one of those breaks right is what ends the game. I, th- I think this one's going to be a lot closer than people think. Uh, the Browns are really strong up front. Chiefs, not so much. Uh, injuries are going to cause some, you know, some flux in that. But it's one of those things where I, I, I think this one's going to be a lot closer than people think. I don't think the Browns pull it off, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Yeah, I think that speaking of taking unders, this this would be the game I would take the under on. Uh, nine and a half points to me seems like it's way too much. So Meow. I would I would yeah yeah yeah. Thank you, Andrew, for agreeing with me. Um, I, I definitely would go with the under. If you guys are in Vegas. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's it's how do you stop the Chiefs? You slow them down. How do you slow them down? You run the ball. Well. You got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I can't think of a better duo in the NFL to use to run the ball and slow down the Chiefs. So it'll be an interesting matchup. Although, here's something that I dug up. Um, in games where their opponents scored over 30 points, the Chiefs actually have a negative point differential on the season. They are 2-2. Two and two. Both of their losses, their opponent scored over 30 points. Um, and um, they have a negative point differential. So you can outshoot the Chiefs, apparently. That's interesting, considering their their passing defense is pretty good. I, I think they're probably in the top five, if not top ten, passing defense. And that's usually where they choke the teams out is because they get to a big lead and force those teams to pass, and then they just shut them down with their passing defense. Yeah, then they that's when they attack on, on defenses, you know, when they're down big. But, yeah, um, uh yeah, I wrote this. All in all, the Chiefs lose shootouts. Four teams have topped 30 points, and the Chiefs are two and two with a negative nine point differential in those games. So that's uh it wasn't something that I expected to see when I looked into their victories and losses this year, you know, and and you know, there's only two losses. There's only so much I can work with. So um yeah, it's uh it's interesting. You can't slow down the Chiefs, but you can outscore them. So uh but I think yeah, I think uh Chiefs all the way in this one. All right, boys, let's get into the game of the week, in my opinion. Tampa Bay and the Saints. Tampa Bay is a five-seed. Saints are a two-seed. It's a 340 Sunday game on Fox. This one opened as a 50-point over-under with New Orleans as three-and-a-half-point favorites. That line has been tweaked ever so slightly. and went up two points for the over-under. New Orleans are now three-point favorites. So people were taking the over and Tampa Bay. Um, injuries in this one, uh, Rojo, Ronald Jones is a game time decision with his quad injury. Uh, Evans and Godwin were limited this week in practice, but they were just rest days because they're both a little banged up because it's 19 weeks into the season. Uh, linebacker Kevin Minter uh, for the Buccaneers went to COVID IR, but they got Devin White and Steve McClendon ba- um, back from COVID IR. For the Saints, Taysom Hill has a knee issue. He didn't practice all week. He's truly questionable. And Roto World had the snark of all snark for this one. Uh, they said about this, if Hill can't go Sunday, Drew Brees will play every snap and get all the red zone attempts, which is very funny because Taysom Hill should not be taking an all-time quarterback off the field. Um, Latavius Murray has a quad issue. He didn't practice all week. He's a true questionable up in the air. Trey Quant Smith back at practice. Uh, Jared Cook limited at practice with a back issue. Trey Hendrickson was a full participant in practice this week. He should be playing. He, under the radar, had a ton of sacks this season. Um, 
I remember. So I think he had 12 and a half or 13 and a half sacks. He's a, uh, and he's just quietly had all these sacks this year for the, for the saints. He's a defensive end who had 13 and a half sacks. Um, and then you might've seen reports where Michael Thomas and Davenport were out this week on the official report from the saints website. That is a glitch. And by glitch, my belief is they submitted an old uh, practice report from a previous iteration of the uh, Buccaneers and the Saints. Um, if you want to know how these first two games went, Saints won the first two matchups this year, 34 to 23 and 38 to 23. Those are the only two rematches in this round of the playoffs. And Avin, you want to know. Which <laughs> great question to start off. Which massively talented future Hall of Fame quarterback do you want to punch in the face more? And we all know who it is. Yeah, this is going to be like starting a fantasy defense where I'm, but on both sides where every time either offense does something, I'm like, eh, good for that guy I want to punch in the face. You know, <laughs> I, obviously the winner is Tom Brady. And I especially want to punch him because I'm picking them to win this week because I hate myself and America. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be a great game, though. And I'm glad that they uh, are putting good games. I like the playoffs because they actually put good games in the night slots, not NFC East games. Oh, come on. Those are good games. Good Lord. (laughs) Uh, All right, Mike. So in this one, you want to know how Kamara fares against the Bucks. And before you answer this is the one versus one matchup. The Saints uh-huh. have the number one run offense by DVOA with Alvin Kamara, um, Latavius Murray, and yes, Taysom Hill. And the Bucks have the number one run defense by DVOA. So this is the matchup of the week. That's going to be fun to see. And um, just by your own words, the Buccaneers have shut down the run game all season. Um, and they only allow a team to rush for 3.6 yards per carry. This translated well in the two games that the Saints and Bucks played each other. Kamara has only 56 yards on 21 carries in those two games, and that's that's um, even less than three yards per carry. So he just has gone nothing with against Tampa Bay. However, uh, Kamara is much more than a runner, as we know. New Orleans has relied on him even more this season's with injury to Michael Thomas and is just a huge part of their short passing game. Kamara has not only been a beast running and catching the ball, but in the red zone, he has a total of 21 touchdowns. I had no idea he had that many touchdowns this year. Well, when you Uh, score six in one game, it kind of helps boost things up a little bit. A little bit, a little bit. That'll, That'll give you some rocket boosters to your fuel there. Um, in case you didn't guess, that led the entire NFL. Uh, yes, Tampa Bay shut down Kamara in the yardage department, but he still scored three times against him. And uh, if you think about loading the box against him, Chicago did that. They put eight-man front um, against him, and he still Kamara still gained 32 yards on six carries. That's almost six yards a carry. All I can say is good luck, Tampa. You're going to need it because I think, you know, even though they shut him down the first two two games, Kamara's going to bust one in this game. And uh, I, I think that Kamara's going to have a huge game. So good luck, Tampa. Yeah. And here's something interesting that I dug up talking about these two teams and the running backs involved in this one. Um, so. In the two games, Mike, you already mentioned it, uh, Alvin Kamara was shut down for 58 yards per game compared to 121 yards per game in the other games this year. And um, 
the defenses overall, Tampa Bay ranks number 31 at 3.99 yards per opportunity allowed to the running back. So per opportunity, that's targets and rush attempts. Do you know who the number 32 team is? The team that allows the lowest yards per opportunity. Colts. The Saints. Ah. 3.98 yards per opportunity. And it was actually .008 difference between them. So this is going to be wow, two teams. that's like zero. Yeah, it's, it's essentially the same. I do. I was in my Excel doc and I was like, or my Excel spreadsheet, and I was like uh, pressing that button to get the extra um, uh, figures past the decimal point because I was like, come on, this has got to change. And I was like, okay, there it is. Um, so yeah, this is going to be two strengths here with the run defenses um, in this game. And not only that, um, the Tampa Bay pass offense is number five in DVOA, obviously with all those weapons, Tom Brady, and a well-protected Tom Brady. But the New Orleans pass defense is number three in the league by DVOA. So they are a great uh, defense. So that's actually um, the second best matchup of the week. Uh, well, actually third best. I take that back. The Green Bay pass offense versus the Rams pass defense is the second best matchup of the week. But yeah, um, that'll be a strength on strength thing there for the pass offense versus the pass defense. So boys, let's make some picks. I am picking the Saints. Yeah, I, I think the Saints do. Mike's got the Saints. Evan, what about you? I am one of the four people in our writers group that picked the Bucks. Ooh. Uh, ooh, so Evan's got a little bit different. So um, let, let me, uh, before we get out of here, um, since we threw a lot of picks at people, let me run down everybody's picks. So Mike, you got Green Bay, Baltimore, KC, and New Orleans. Do you want to change any of those? All right. Evan, you got the Rams, the Bills, the Chiefs, and Tampa Bay. Do you want to change any of those? All right. Evan is in stunned silence. I'd say that that's a no. Hey, I put it on. I put it on. I published the article already, so I, I can't go back. Sure you can. No. All right. And my takes are uh, Green Bay, Buffalo, Casey, and New Orleans. Um, very boring. Pick the top seeds in each one. And I will not change those. Mike, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was going to ask if you guys have gotten a winner yet on your uh, team pick'ems. Nope, not yet. Wow. The, the pick'em pool that never ends continues. The last three of us have been going since, what was it, week 11? Number four and five were knocked out, Evan? Something like that. It's been the three of us just punching each other repeatedly. Yeah, me, Evan, and then uh, what's his name in the Discord? Mission 33. All right. So, yes, we forgot to mention off the top, the Discord, tiny.cc slash fbabsurdity. It is still going. It is still churning. Um, there's video game chat, food chat, not just football in there. It's a, it's a great Discord. I love to video be a part of it. Video game chat. I might, I might be more active in that one. Yeah, Mike, hop in. And then there's a weird channel that I saw today, Evan. I think you you might be able to explain what this channel is in the Discord. Uh, blown Away 2. It's the glass blowing reality show on Netflix, and I happen to know a bizarre number of our writers were obsessed with the first one. So I thought I'd just do a little tease there, uh, 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 since it's the dead time, and I want to be like, hey, look, we'll be talking about stuff hopefully in the in in the dead season. So stick around. I wonder if I didn't know about. Oh, it's Canadian. Okay, I was gonna say I 
one of my dad's best friends growing up in, in Cleveland actually moved next door to us and he blows glass professionally. Like he teaches courses on it and stuff. And uh, he's like the guy at the California state fair for it. Um, so I'm actually wondering if he ended up on this show um, at some point. Um, he is, uh, he's very good. And what's cool about having uh, your neighbor um, blow glass is you get all the ones that are not completely perfect and it's like there's like he's like oh i can't do this one there's a tiny you know micro bubble so we had all this like blown glass in our house growing up so i'll definitely check that out um on netflix so yeah i was i was curious what that was um so uh yeah i think that'll do it unless you guys have anything you want to add go colts oh go niners Oh, Ray, Ray, I can't even do it, guys. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. You have a good one. For Mike, for Evan, this is Jeff. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.